Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 154. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with business owners all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at their highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching and online programs. I started this podcast to discover how other thought and business leaders create and enjoy success and to identify common strategies and techniques, as well as the mindset they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to achieve your goals. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So this week, we have got a great guest, Joanne Kleinman. Now, Joanne is a licensed psychotherapist, life and corporate coach, author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and the dethr- and the founder of Dethroning Your Inner Critic. She is an unconventional therapist and is driven by the conviction that the most powerful life you can live is when you know the difference between you and your inner critic. She developed the Mind Method, a time-tested proven system that brings together practical psychology, neuroscience, and the power of intention to discover who you are separate from the critical voice in your mind. With over 25 years of experience, she has worked with corporations such as Camp Powerment, Cigna, Nestle, and TD Bank, and has transformed the lives of thousands of people. So it leaves me just to say, Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Joanne, before we dive into this brilliant topic, um, can you give us a little bit of a backstory of what's brought you to this point today? Oh my goodness. It's yeah, quite a backstory. So I, um, I have been a psychotherapist and a coach for over 25 years. Um, but I've been on my own, um, self growth and self awareness journey. Really? I started it at the age of nine, if you can believe that. Um, and then I really took it on for myself at 19. Um, and so I've been um, really on just a, a lifelong journey about what does it mean to really um, feel good about yourself, feel good about the the life that you're living. And, and I've worked, you know, not only have I been on my own path, but I work with thousands of clients. So I really have a deep understanding of what holds people back and what keeps them stuck. Cool. So I have a couple of questions. Now, you have kind of like done a similar journey to me. I've, I trained as in therapeutic approaches before I started coaching. Um, so before we dive into this topic, one of the things that fascinates me is the, how important do you think it is um, to have those skills that you have gained of learning therapeutic? Because obviously coaching is not therapy and therapy is not coaching. But how beneficial do you find those skills are for you when you are working with your clients? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. So I'm really, you know, now this is my own personal 
um, experience. Okay. But, um, I think that the skills that I really call upon are, um, much more having to do with my own personal journey. Right. And, and, and my own personal study, right. I probably read over, I don't, I don't even know at this point, probably over a hundred books and I've done all sorts of uh, courses for just for myself, for my own growth. And I think that I call upon that way more. Right. And, and, and I, um, and, and also of course my own journey, both as an entrepreneur and, and as a mom of three kids and, you know, I mean, all sorts of life experiences. So I would say that my approach, I do not follow a typical approach of a therapist or a typical approach of a coach even. I, I'm really uh, very unconventional. I am so glad you said that. So does that answer the question? Yeah, it does, because I am exactly the same, is I... I think is is I think it's very for me personally, I think it's very, very dangerous if someone who's a coach tries to do therapy if they aren't skilled and haven't had that experience. And I think it's the same if a therapist tries to coach because they 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 may be very, very skilled and that's never underestimating their skills, but they're two different skill sets and they may not be. But the other thing is is I think the what I love the fact of having those two different types of skill sets is the fact that I can choose the style I want. And I don't, you know, I'm not a traditional coach um, because, but I like that fact. I like, yeah, because I think is, is when, you know, you can speak to traditional, you know, traditional coaches and it'll be, you know, this is, this is the style I do. And I went, I don't do that. I mean, it's a toolbox. It's not, Let's go down, you know, I'm a success coach and I can only use success coach strategies. But if I've got useful things because our experiences and our skill sets that we have learned through these skills and working with, you know, live breathing clients that we have done for so many years, you can pick up so many skills. Absolutely. And I think, you know, listen, I personally, in my work with people, I am vulnerable all the time. I am real all the time. People need to understand, uh, you know, my own journey, my own struggles, my struggles that still show up, right? And so um, that's not really rooted in, you know, traditional therapy or traditional coaching. And I think that that is um, really one of the, the, the keys to my ability to um, right to, 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 to connect with people, right. Is that they, right. I, 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 I'm not sitting here saying I've got it all handled. Right. Uh, you know? I love that. I love that. So that, 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 that just, it's music to my ears. I love, I love people who are like that. So that's cool. Um, so the next thing is, is, you know, obviously there's an awful lot of business owners who listen to this show They're they're in different stages of business and, you know, I know that one of the areas you specialize is the inner critic, and that's a that's a friend to many of us. Well, actually, no, it's an adversity to many of us. Um, and, you know, what type of um, things do you come across when you're working with your clients that are those, um, are those that inner critic sort of, you know, sabotaging the progress of what they are trying to do? Yes. So here's the thing that I, I think I find most interesting. And, and 
What I call the inner critic is a little different than just the voice that sabotages us, okay? Because what I think the, what I call the inner critic is really the voice that just speaks to you all day long, right? From the, really from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed. And the inner critic can also be the voice that is so tightly attached to producing the results, right? And even thinking, oh, look, I really, I really am good enough because I've reached this goal, right? Or once I reach that goal, then that's going to be the thing that's going to prove my value and my worth because that's really a, a, a setup, right? Because so many people are on this journey, um, right, in, in, in growing their business and, and getting to these goals. And they're so focused on reaching the goal, right, because they think that's the thing that's going to, you know, change how I feel about my life. And then they get the goal. And then all of a sudden their inner critic is, you know, right back at, 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 you know, square one. Okay, great. You reach that goal. Now what's next? And it could, it, it's a setup to really feel chronically unfulfilled and dissatisfied. And that's really the work that I do with people is really about teaching them how to think in a way, in a very fundamentally different way that has them experiencing calm and balance and, and, and pride in themselves and feeling like they already are enough and they already, you know, they don't need anything else in order to feel good, right? Because there's a big difference between need versus preference. And I love that fact that it's it's not about if you're pursuing something and that goal is always moving, you're never really enjoying that experience or actually allowing yourself to believe that you are as you say you are enough or you are you are good enough as you are the journey that you are taking is going to be a far better experience and more enjoyable if you are taking a good positive energy thought thing about yourself and everything else and moving in the forward direction yes because really fundamentally what I, what I believe at the heart of it all is that the quality of our life is really about first and foremost, the relationship we have with ourselves and then the relationship we have with the people that we love. I mean, that's really it. One of the things I teach and I learned this from when I went through um, a long-term illness was the importance of being what I call positively selfish. Yes. I love that. Yes. And it came, you know, it's it's a metaphor that comes there all the time and people don't see it in one aspect, but it's the airplane scenario. Yes. You know, you know, putting the mask on you, it's completely alien because we're brought up to go. We can't think for ourselves about ourselves first. That's selfish. But there's a point when we look at it and go, we, our family, our loved ones, our business, you know, they are all better when we are in the best place possible. A hundred percent. And this whole idea of selfish, right? Like, oh, well, it's not okay for me to, I I should care more about what's important to you than what's important to me, right? And and it's, it's not at the expense of other people, right? It really is that if you think about it like a, a ripple effect, right? Like, like a pebble in a pond, right? When we are our best selves, when we're waking up in the morning feeling so grateful and so appreciative of who we already are 
and the lives that we're already living and that energy radiates out, right? It, it, it creates a different life, you know, in, in the people around us. And it's, it's so important. And so many people don't know the importance of it. No. And I think that's the thing is until they start understanding the power of that, then they're unable that they're, they're not lifting the veil from what their life could be. Oh, yes. It's a magical life when you know how to think in a way that already makes you feel at peace right now. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a different life and it's, it's really, I mean, I, I know this is, a, this is a, a big word, but it's really tragic that we're not taught how to think, right? I, I actually would go one further. I think it's criminal. Oh, absolutely. Um, funny enough, just a couple, you know, a couple of episodes ago, it, we were talking about the the importance about how most people live a reactive life. Yeah. Mm. They only, ch- and I, I, you know, I was no different. Me too. It wasn't until I came to a crucible moment that it was like, holy shit, I've actually got to do something about my life and not let people steer me or let my past beliefs about myself steer me because you know owning your own business is is a challenge and it's it's the most joyful thing but it's also one of the most challenging things that's right that you're ever going to do and excuse my french but you go get your shit in order if you want (laughs) to take the 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 business in your life because you know, you sit here, you you do what you're doing. And, and the reality is, is that you are doing this because you want to give yourself, and most of the time it's very projected out, you want to give your family the best life possible. That's right. That's it. But, but it is, it does not have to be to the detriment of your health. No. And lack of time in order to achieve that. No. I mean, it's that, and that's the thing, right? If, if you are, if you have your own business and you're building your own business and you are not stopping along the way and looking back at what you've already created and saying, wow, look at what I've done and really leaning into that sense of pride and accomplishment. It's, it, you know, it, it's like, um, it's uh yeah it's again it it is it's it's robbing criminal it's criminal it's criminal you're just robbing yourself of really you know experiencing yourself in your life in a fundamentally different way yeah brilliant okay so let's talk about tactics and strategies what are some of the ways that you um find useful working with your clients you've personally experienced however whatever it it doesn't really matter but what are the beneficial tactics that people can look at and implement in order to do work on themselves to get that to that place yes well so fundamentally the you know i think the biggest part of my work is the ability to understand that really the most the most powerful life that you can live is when you know the difference between you and your inner critic mind and so many people right we've got this mind i mean we have over 50,000 thoughts a day which is really staggering when you think about it, right? And most people don't recognize that 
most of what that voice says is nothing more than a, you know, a computer program that was really programmed when we were children, right? So people are so fused with that voice. So just the simple recognition that I am separate from my voice, right? And I can actually take a step back and not even try and fix or change what my voice says, because personally, my whole philosophy is that you can't change that, right? You can, you can really understand where does it come from? Why is it there? When does it show up? Right. And then you can see it so clearly that you can know, oh, that's just my inner critic voice. That's not me. And that's when you can unhook from it and then step into what I'm going to call a new mind. And there are times, right? I mean, still to this day, I tell people like, I have to do that a hundred times a day sometimes, right? My inner critic is constantly grabbing me and trying to suck me back into, right? You know, you're not good enough or you know you need to fix this or change that. But it's, I feel like it's a game changer when you can really see the difference between you and that voice. I like that. And and I think there's also possibly the, the thing is, is you've got to understand what is, you know, if we look at what you've been saying, the way I'm sort of like trying to uh, look at that is, one, you have to understand which is your critic and not someone else's voice that's been, you know, like I'll give you an example for me. Um, I'm dyslexic. I've struggled with it ever since I was a kid. And when I go to write a document, even to this day, there's my voice that says, you're going to find this really difficult. And I, and I, and I relate to that and I know that because there is a there is a difficulty but the big one is mrs campbell in an orange cardigan standing over me telling me i was thick and putting me in the corner because she couldn't she couldn't teach me now that is that is not me that is a belief that an old miserable woman who taught me yeah had because she lacked the skills to communicate to me effectively yeah so there's that bit. There's the other bit that is then the voice that is telling you that, you know, this is dangerous. Be careful about doing this because it's fear. That will, there'll be an element of that, which will be natural uh, evolution saying for you, be careful because you are outside your comfort zone and everything outside your comfort zone is unknown and and, and not unsafe, but I suppose that's how our brain responds to it. Exactly. So, so it's that, it's when you have a better understanding of what your internal dialogue is that's really you Yeah. to the other strings to that, uh, that thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. So, so we, every single human, right? I don't care who you are or what kind of family you come from. Every single human has that you know, moment, and of course it's many moments, but right, that first moment where, oh my God, something's wrong, right? So, so that moment where, where, you know, your, your, your uh, teacher did what, what she did, right? The reason why we, we can't remember what we had for breakfast two days ago, but we remember, you know, what color, she was wearing an orange sweater, right? Because our brain is hardwired to pay attention to danger. So in some, right? So what happens is, you know, we've got this circumstance and it could happen when we're six or we're 16 or we're 36, right? 
but it's a circumstance. And then we, right, this automatic mind of ours assigns meaning to the circumstance. And so it's never the circumstance in and of itself. It's what, right, it's our story about the circumstance. And that's what gets internalized. So when you say, you know, we have to decipher between, you know, the the outer critics and the inner critics, you know, in my opinion, it really is all our inner critic because when you are, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. When, when, and because, you know, what I believe is that when you're thinking from a fundamentally different mind, a new mind that you have consciously rewired, you have the ability when you're faced with somebody that is really still to this day, right? Criticizing you or re- rejecting you or, right? Because we that, that can happen. And if you're really grounded in your own inner knowing, you can face that, right? And it, of course, it doesn't feel good. We don't want to face that. But when we do, it, we, you know, we're, we're, we're able to stay grounded and not lose ourselves because we're facing judgment or criticism. Yeah. So what you're saying is it is just a moment in time, but it's how I interpret or whoever interprets that moment in time. Right. It, it is, it is, it is a, a translation in our, our and either our emotion or how we're dealing with it that then is in, in interpreted by us. Yeah. And it starts to, it, so what happens is, right, we have that, that moment in time, but then it forms a filter. Okay. And so here we go through life and let's say, right. You know, you were a kid back then. Now let's say, you know, you're, you're 50 and you're faced with, right. And actually somebody criticizing you. Okay. The, the, Either you're going to go right back to using your memory from your past without even realizing it, right? This is why people have such strong reactions because really what they're doing is they're, they are looking at the current situation, but what they're using is their, their memory mind, right? Their mind that's rooted in memory. So the new mind, right, that we want to use to navigate our lives moving forward is really the mind that's rooted in inspiration. And that is... Who do I know myself to be right now so that these, you know, circumstances that don't go my way or these expectations that, you know, aren't met, right? How can I still stay grounded in knowing who I am now? No, I love that. And I can guarantee that I use big boy language now if someone criticizes me. (laughs) But right. So we've, we've looked at sort of that, looking at that new mind. Can you share a couple of tactics other strategies that or tools that will you could use before we then jump over to the second part of the show. Sure, sure. So, well, I um, so I I created a a method uh, that I that I call the mind method. Right, it's an acronym, and so um, it's got four steps. I'll I'll just share them with you briefly. So the M step is meet your inner critic, and that is right, really understanding exactly what this mind says, right? All of the different different um, ways that your inner critic speaks to you. The I step is investigating the indication signs. I call those the blinking red lights, right? So those are the emotions, the physical body sensations, and the behaviors in your life that alert you 
to the fact that your inner critic has taken over your mind. So when you really understand, oh, when I want to, you know, drink that whole bottle of wine or I want to eat that chocolate cake or I'm, you know, lashing out at my children or right. That's my indication sign, right? That there's something, right? My inner critic has taken over. And we sometimes we don't even stop to just get quiet and still and pay attention, right? To like, okay, what am I thinking? And where did that first start, right? So that's, that's the I step. The end step is neutralize the never ending message. And right, just going back to what we were talking about with, um, you know, with, with your uh, childhood experience, right? The, the message of our inner critic is always the same, right? It lands in different circumstances, but it's always some version of in some way, I'm not okay. I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or whatever, whatever that is for you. So that's the end step. Um, and really using, powerfully using those three steps, right, to uh, to really see, right, who and because it, it what shows up in one area shows up in every area, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. So we use our life. We use everything in our life to really powerfully see the difference, right, between the inner critic. And then we unhook from it. And then the D step design your life is about really intentionally and deliberately thinking brand new thoughts that are really focused on um, gratitude and appreciation for who you already are and the life that you're already living and really doing that inner work to ground yourself in those thoughts so that you can use your mind in a way that has you feeling good right now, no matter what you're dealing with. I love that. I love that. And I, I especially, I was amazed at the benefits of doing gratitude. Um, uh, it's just, and I think, I th- and, I, and I'd, I'll be interested to know how you th- think about this. One of the, the strategy that I know I teach my clients is, is, you know, you first get them to do the gratitude. And then what I, what I ask them to do is, is go as small as they possibly can. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, when um, I came out of my depression and I was doing the normal things, the gratitude thing was something I really had to work hard on. And it was, you know, I've got two kids and I've got my wife who I've known since I was eight years old. So very quickly, there's three gratitudes. And that, so immediately what I'm doing is I'm choosing the really big things. Yeah, right there. So then it was, okay, how do I break this down? So what is it about my wife I like? You know, let's just say if, if you're getting really difficult. So what is it about your kids? What is it about your life, uh, your wife or partner or, so, or whatever? And then after that, it was now what I want you to do as I want you to appreciate the things like your air, the sun on your face or the, the noise of the wind or whatever it is. Because the reason behind that was, for me anyway, if I can find the gratitude in the smallest of things that I could find anywhere, I had a hell of a lot more power in my ability of changing my state than trying to find something in someone, if that makes sense. Yep. It makes so much sense. Absolutely. Right. So in other words, I think what what you're saying is just even appreciating just the gratitude of just to that point being alive. Right. The gratitude. Yeah, I have people actually um, list things. I, 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 I 
I'm very, I'm very big on, I'm very big on, um, I'm very big on visuals, right? So I, I, I have people posting a lot of post-it notes around, right? Their desk or their bathroom mirror or things like that, where they're um, really grounding themselves in just being right here, right now in life. Because when you, right, you, our minds want to constantly either drag us back to the past, right? Or what I call future trip us, right? So we're, we're, we're so rarely just in this moment. And if we stop and just look only at this very moment, to your point, there's so much to be grateful for that's right in front of us that we are missing every day. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and I think what, what the other thing is, it, it is a great way to enhance your senses. Yeah. You know, if you can, it, it's like the old fashioned, uh, you know, karate movies or ninja movies or something. When you close your eyes, you just start to listen and get a feeling of what is going around. And, you know, initially you may just hear the noise of the traffic or something else, but then all of a sudden is smells appear or, you know, different sounds appear. And, 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 I, and for me that it shows you the power of actually what your unconscious misses Mm. because the conscious part is editing it all out. That's right. That's right. I'm sure you hear this a lot from your clients. I certainly hear it from mine that, you know, I talk about meditation and they say, oh, I can't meditate. Right. And like you could meditate at a traffic stop, right? You could take 10 seconds and just focus on, you know, breathing in you know, breathing in peace and breathing out love. I mean, that that's for 30 seconds, right? That That's meditation. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, when you say enhancing your, your senses, just hearing the sounds around you, right? Or just paint, like staring at a leaf, you know, it's, it just, when you, when you intentionally focus your mind, it changes your internal state yeah and also is, is it's like the people that say they can't visualize you know i love i love that one because i'll say can you tell me about that problem you had the other day and they'll go oh hang on just let me get started and immediately and i says you just visualized the only difference is you're great at doing it badly yeah you need practice to do it better oh it's, and it's you know it's 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 amazing how we can use those skills to hold us back but we we give up on using them to move us forward or we don't even try to use them to move us forward sometimes. Well, I think that people are actually more afraid of their power, right? Yeah, our deepest fears. Yeah, that uh, is exactly what I was thinking. The the right the Nelson Mandela speech, right? Our greatest our greatest fear is that uh, is not is that we are more powerful beyond measure, right? And so it's like you know, it's so easy for us to, you know, just to follow our automatic minds that go to you know what's wrong and what and you know what's broken. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the second part of the show, where I get to ask you a set of questions. Um, so, are you ready? I, I'm ready as, I, as I'll ever be, I guess. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number one is, on average, how much time roughly do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and spirit. Uh, I mean, how much time? I think that I um, am doing something every day, whether I'm listening to a podcast. So, I would say I would say at least, at least um, an hour a day. Do you have a preferred 
um, modality? Do you prefer like the or the podcasters and podcasts and stuff? Or two things I do. Um, I, first of all, I happen to love Audible because, right? I'm just oh, I always have some sort of book that I'm that I'm listening to. Um, so you're right, and I'm listening when I'm making dinner. I'm listening when I'm you know folding some laundry or unloading the dishwasher. Right. So it's not like I do. I sit and I devote like oh an hour straight, and it's in my calendar. It's really not right. It's just maybe you know ten minutes here while I'm walking the dog, or I'm you know dropping my my child off somewhere or whatever. Right. And and before you know it, you know you're you know you you you've uh, you know you you've given yourself an hour. Um, so those are two points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one I really love it and I've, I've been using it recently is Blinkist. Oh, yeah. because I love the, it's like 15 minutes of all of the gems from the books and either in audio or in book in uh, written form. And to be able to go through a book and just go, ah, they're the key points. It allows me to make a decision. Do I want to go into that book deeper? Or am I happy with the content that I've just been given? It still taught me something, but especially for me, because reading a simple book can take me months. Um, but it just allows me to to sort of absorb more content um, in things. So that, that, I find that a really useful thing as well. I'm going to look into that because I I've heard of that and I and I didn't look into that. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to. Oh no! What number two? What book has made the biggest impact to your self development or personal growth, and why? Mm. Oh my God! It's hard to pick just one, but I'll just say the first one that comes to my mind. Okay, um, I think Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth was a, I think that was like that really just sort of opened my eyes to, um, yeah, just a, a whole different way of thinking. And, and I'm going back many, many years, but I feel like, um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like his teachings are so, uh, profound. Um, yeah. So I would say that was the biggest for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Number three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life? Oh my gosh. Wow. The, the app. Okay. I mean, again, I'm going, I'm going with the first one I'm thinking. Okay. I'm just bringing them up. Um, uh, in insight timer. Question number four is what's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? Uh, oh my God. I've had, I've had a lot. My biggest business mistake. Okay. Um, I would say my biggest business mistake is when I invested in, um, a coach a number of years ago. Um, and I, there was something in my gut that said, this isn't right, but I ignore and I invested in the coach and it was not right. And um, I think it really just um, taught me about just really checking in um, with that intuitive knowing and, and what does it feel like? What, what, it, you know, and again, this is going back a few years, but you know, what does it feel like to just, you know, when use that intuition to know and, and when, and what does it feel like when, your intuition is saying, don't do it. Yeah. No. And 90% of the time, probably 99.9% of the time, that intuition knows exactly what it's talking about. Oh, almost. I mean, really, I, I might even say 100% of the time if you really can tap it. 
yeah, yeah, it, it, you always fight it, which is, which is really interesting, really, because the animal kingdom would pay attention to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they would just run. We would just go, no, it's not, it's not a lion, it's fine. Um, <laughs> number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Mm. Um, I would say my biggest challenge is that uh, one of the greatest habits of my inner critic mind is to future trip, right? And so if so, and when I am future tripping, it brings on all sorts of stress and overwhelm and anxiety, which then, you know, again, that ripple effect that, uh, you know, that, that spreads on to everybody around me. And so, um, um, you know, sorry, say the question, say the question again. Of course I am. What are the challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Right. Okay. So, so yeah. So the challenge is really being able to live my life to the best of my ability in the here and now um, and, and really yanking my mind when it goes to the to the future tripping, because if I'm doing that in my, in my business, I'm then also doing that in my personal life. And then, you know, and then it's a big ball of stress. Okay. And can you just explain what you would describe as future tripping? Yeah. So future tripping is when I am fantasizing about um, either, you know, how I want something to go or how something should go or it's supposed to go and it's not going that way. And so instead of being with what is, my mind is saying, I've got to figure out how to get my you know, some part of my life to go in that direction, which I think, um, yeah, that is just, that'll knock me out of alignment and peace and calm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Mm. Um, I think that about 80% of being an entrepreneur um, is thinking in a way that energetically has you feeling good right now, that it's really 20% skill and what you know, and it's 80% internally, are you feeling good right now? And I think everything, when you are knowing how to think differently, so that you are feeling good, it changes the trajectory of your life. And I wish I knew that earlier. Yeah. And, you know, and especially the times we're going through now, I mean, it's, it's, it's that we need to be, you know, there's many things. And in fact, we, you know, we know that we cannot control stuff. And although this was never seen in the cards, the, one of the biggest issues that I got from an awful lot of my clients was, was the fact that they were still trying to control everything and not understand that you know business of furloughed the government tell you to shut down your business you can't do anything but and and you know and for many people the plan went completely out the window but it's the managing your you know it's managing our internal stuff that is able to get us to take a step back and, and obviously, the one of the benefits of a, of being an entrepreneur or a small size of business is you can pivot very, very quickly, and you can be creative when the noise isn't stopping you by polluting everything that's going on. 
That's right. And if you're, if you are in that mind rooted in memory, right, which is all about fear and survival, you don't have access to the part of your mind that is innovative and creative and can come up with new solutions. And that's what pivoting is all about. Yep. And it's the key thing of why you've got to get your head in the right place. Uh-huh. Because if you own your own business, you need to be like that. That's right. I, that's right. I think it's that, that you, you can't have a successful business without really understanding how to think. So I have another question for you. How do you feel about the word hustle? Hustle. Yes. Ugh. I don't, I don't like <laughs> Because I, to me... <laughs> To me, we have a saying in England, I don't know whether you have it over in the States, but it's like Marmite. You either love it or hate it. Um, and it, you know, there's many, many bad connotations about it. There's some good ones in, well, oh, I don't know whether there is actually. Um, yeah, the, 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 this mentality of hustle in the world that we live in now, and especially in the entrepreneur business owner space is just quite quite scary in my view but i'm intrigued to know what you think Uh, yes i completely agree i do not like the word hustle at all and i think it is a uh, false idea that's perpetuated in our culture that success equals hard and grit and and self you know uh self-discipline and i i i i think truthfully jeff i think that Prior to the pandemic, um, people were miserable because they, that's what most people believe that you've got to, you know, hustle, to, right? So many people were running around like chickens with their heads cut off and, and uh, you know, feeling more miserable and unfulfilled than ever before. Yeah, another, another saying that my granddad used to say is you're running around like a blue ass fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's you don't, you're not, you're not paying attention, you know, working till four o'clock in the morning and getting up at six every single day is not something you jump from the roof and go, hey, I'm cool. No, you need to get stuff sorted so you don't have to work like that. There's passion and there's just been been a maniac. Exactly. And the quality of our lives only place right now like what are you hustling to where where <laughs> yeah 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 and what i'll say is is that there's uh, especially in the early days there was a large portion of my client base i was supporting them because they were close to burnout or severe chronic stress or something that was a was a a big factor of that was because they adopted that type of attitude and not weak because there's a there's another metaphor I use when I'm teaching is you know if you're climbing up a steep hill and it, you know you start to slow down you don't put it up a gear and put your foot down to try and go faster you drop it down to go slower and that's not a sign of weakness that's a, actually in my view it's a sign of courage to be able to go I need to slow down yes it's a sign of honoring and valuing your Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. Number seven, what is your definition of success? Wow. My definition of success is feeling fulfilled right now. Very much in the moment because that's the bit that you can control, you can do something about and enjoy. Brilliant. I love it. Okay. Number eight, 
Do you have any daily routines or rituals that have a huge positive impact to your day? Hmm. Well, uh, the two that come to mind are meditation, which I do when I first wake up. And sometimes I only have 10 minutes to do it. Um, and then exercise. Um, I got a, I got a Peloton during the pandemic. And oh, uh, you, you're you're one of them. Are they, are people, I've got loads of clients that have got them, but I like it's like crazy. I never. Thought, I don't know whether I like it. Can I tell you something? I I was like, that's so stupid. Who would want right? Who would want a, a an exercise bike? Oh my god, it's been it's amazing. So yeah, I would say those those two things: meditation and exercise for me are are just key. Um, so we've come to the end of the show. The floor is now yours. How can we find out more about you? Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Um, please take it away. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, so the name of my podcast is Dethroning Your Inner Critic. And my first book will be coming out in November of 2020, also with the same name, Dethroning Your Inner Critic. And you can find me at dethroningyourinnercritic.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at Dethroning Your Inner Critic and on Instagram at Dethroning Your Inner Critic. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the, on the show, Joanna. I wish you the greatest success and best of luck with your book. Thank you so much, Jeff. This was wonderful. Take care. Bye. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast, and that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.